4-11 on a Tuesday. So, today's topic, I want to reflect on... Chadwick Boseman again. The reason I... The reason why... Well, let's talk about... Cancer again. But I'm reflecting on him. Because I shared a... a, a a video that was on Instagram, shared it with everybody on LinkedIn. Um, he paid tribute to Denzel Washington, I think, uh, which was very commendable. But when I looked at him, I still got haunted by his image. His image still haunts me because he was such a promising actor, but died so young at the age of 43 to colon cancer. Now you think, well, colon cancer can affect anybody at any age, any kind of cancer can affect people at any age. But there has to be more awareness with all the cancers out there, and I think the ages should be changed. Um, It used to be, and everybody used to think, oh, cancer only affects older people. No, cancer affects everybody at any age, whether you're a baby, a young adult, a teenager, an adult, an elderly person, everybody gets affected by cancer at whatever age. You know, I got my cancer at 35, and I never thought I would ever get any type of cancer. I don't even know how I got it, but I had it, and I survived it. But then you think, well, there are a lot of people, famous and non-famous, that get sick, Uh, And they choose either to announce to the world that they're battling an illness or they choose to keep it quiet and just have the immediate family. Now, with Chadwick, when I heard that he had or was battling colon cancer at the time, it really affected me because here was a man that had a promising future. And he was, at the time that he was sick, he was still working. But nobody knew of his illness except his immediate family. So you think, well, how come didn't he tell the public? Why didn't he? Was he ashamed? Was he going to be ostracized for even having an illness? I mean, come on. People get sick. It's not like you get sick on purpose, you know. Um, And I think in today's society, the way people get treated even after they have an illness is very, very deplorable. Uh, I think back to when I recovered from breast cancer. Trying to get a job was impossible. Now... They shouldn't ask you if you battled any type of an illness. They shouldn't ask you that. But, you know, there are some companies that do want to know everything about you. I mean, come on. If you have a social media presence on any of the platforms, yeah, they could find, finally, type your name up, look up your name, see what you, which, what social media platforms you're associated with, and then make that decision and say, well, maybe I shouldn't contact this person for a job, or maybe this person has too many things, you know, too many skeletons in the closet. Well, that shouldn't be the basis for a job, okay? And I think that when you go behind somebody's back and go on their social media page to know what they're all about, I think that's an invasion of privacy right there. With illnesses, though, and I've seen this more so, more often than not, um, people do get discriminated. People who have pre-existing conditions, like myself, have gotten that type of treatment after I got better. Now, at the time, I didn't announce it to any of the agencies or to anybody. I was told to keep quiet, but why should I? What if you wanted to work for, uh, like, say, a pharmaceutical organization or a company where they manufacture or produce new types of treatments for cancers, and you want to be part of that company? 
because you think you can make a difference. What if one of those those uh, medicines that they, they, they're working on, maybe you took it and it treated your cancer, and you figure, well, maybe I could represent that, the company in a light like that. But see, that's the problem. When you go back into, quote, the workforce, you get treated differently. It's like you get treated with kid gloves. Now, come on, I'm not fragile. I'm not going to break. But ever since then, I've actually told people that I battled an illness, and they look at me funny. So I'm figured, is this discrimination? Because you're not supposed to discriminate against anyone for anything. And, and actually, nowadays, companies are still discriminating about your age, your status. That's none of your business. What does that have to do with the job that you're, that you're uh, promoting, that you're advertising? They're not supposed to ask you those questions in an application, but there are companies that do that, and that's, they're breaking the laws if they do that. I think that that's very, very deplorable and very disgusting if you ask me. Why would you do that? Why? So now I'm thinking to myself, there has to be, well, I was thinking of creating a company myself where people with pre-existing conditions can work together and not have to worry about, you know, what, you know, if a potential employer or company is going to find out. They can't ask you that question. They just can't. I think it's wrong if they do that. Because again, you're treating them as if they can't do the job at hand. And you're also afraid that if you hire someone with a pre-existing condition that you would be, quote, termed as a liability. Meaning, if you get sick again, they would have to replace you. So why even bother hiring you in the first place? Well, I didn't get sick on purpose. Cancer happens to everybody. I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter what your background is, your social status, your race, your nationality. None of that matters. People get cancer every single day. It affects everybody. We all have cancer cells in our body. But you think that once you get better and you have a clean bill of health and you would try to go back and fit into normal society, it's very difficult. I'm sorry to say it. It is very, very difficult. And I like to think, well, maybe there's a shot that I can if I don't tell anybody that I battled an illness. But then again, what if they do a background check and they found out that I did? Ooh, what's going to happen? But I've gotten rejected from positions because of it. And I think that that's wrong. Then I look at people who have, like if you're in the entertainment world, so again, maybe maybe they figured, well, if, if someone, a big famous celebrity or known celebrity has some type of an illness that they're not going to be hired again after. And I'm like, well, again, that's a slap in the face. That's discrimination. I think we should take a stand against that. I think with people with pre-existing conditions have just as every right as anybody else to get a job and to perform that job to the best of their ability, regardless of whether or not they have an illness, I consider myself to be fine. But I'm getting tired of the rejection. Won't anybody ever give me a chance? I can't even find a normal job. And you know why? Because of the gaps in your resume. That shouldn't matter. Do you know people suffer personal crises and struggles and obstacles? Maybe they have some kind of an issue, a family issue. Maybe it was something going on in their family that they had to take care of. You know, things happen in the world. And sometimes they're, they're not preventable. Sometimes they have to be dealt with. But when people look at you and go, oh, well, you have too many gaps in your resume. We want somebody with a steady work history. Well, think about all that happened this past year. Now, a lot of people were lucky enough to have their jobs still and working from home, but some people lost their jobs because companies couldn't survive in this, quote, pandemic, pandemic era. But now things are going to slowly get back to normal, and people are still looking for work. But it's just that employees, or employers rather, are so, so picky with people. 
You should give a person a chance based off of their skills, not, well, they had this or they were battling a disease or, or oh, they don't have a degree, so if they don't have a degree, they must be stupid. I've gotten that too. I went to college, it's noted on my resume, but I didn't graduate. Why? Because I had to drop out, my father got sick. If you want me to be personal with you, that's my explanation. And if you can't take that and you don't understand that, I don't know what to tell you. I'm being truthful with that. Would I go back to college and get my degree again? I, maybe I would, maybe I wouldn't. But nowadays it's expensive. Not everybody can afford to go back to school with these prices. Everything in this world is expensive. Everything has a price tag attached to it. Everything, even healthcare. And I touched on that too. When you go to a third world country, they don't have anything in the form of healthcare. And if they do, people who are poor can't afford it. Now, if, you have, if you're lucky enough that you have money saved up or you have a decent job, wonderful, but not many people have that. You have to think of, hey, this is a family of four that's living in a tiny little place, the four of them on top of one another. They have to make do with what they have. And the father goes out, gets a job. It's not a well-paying job, but it's a job that provides food and an education and shelter and everything else that is needed to keep that family afloat. But when someone gets sick and they have to go to the hospital, what do you think is the first thing before you enter the hospital? What's the one thing that people are looking for before they can treat you? Money. And if you don't have that money, they're gonna turn you away. So you're gonna let that person die basically because you really don't care about human life. Why would you put a price tag on a human life? You shouldn't have to do that. So again, one of my missions is to physically go down there, show them, hey, look, if you prolong going to the doctor, and the reason is because it's expensive, well, how would, it, how would you like it if they ended up like me? And I'm badly showing my battle scar, because this is who I am. This is my identifying characteristic. But it's a shame in this world that people can't get good quality health care in other parts of the world. That's a shame. I don't like that at all. That bothers me. That makes me think, you know, What's this world coming to? You know, we can't do this, we can't do that. It's like, oh, it's terrible. I don't know, I'm just, I'm so bothered by that. I wish that there was something that could be done just to make it easier for families that are struggling to get that quality health care just like everybody else. And maybe set up some type of a payment plan instead of, oh, you have to pay first before we treat you. No, sorry, it doesn't work that way. Either you treat that person and get them well or they will go someplace else. And then I'll make it known that this is how you treat your patients. Oh my God, now I'm going to tell everybody how, what kind of a person you are. You're not a doctor. If you took an oath to be a doctor, you are supposed to treat people, everybody. And it doesn't matter where they come from and who they are and their background and their status. That should not matter. You are supposed to treat these people and make them well. Then you talk about the cost because not many people can afford high prices that are doctor charges. If you look at a bill for x-rays like I did with mine when, when my one of my exes attacked me in my own home and I had to go to the hospital for x-rays, luckily nothing was broken. I looked at the bill for the x-rays. I couldn't believe it. I was like, Oh my, they only, I forget how many x-rays, it took like two or three x-rays of the same, in the same area. And I'm like, this is expensive. Now, even if I was working, had health insurance, it still would be expensive to me. Where are you getting these prices from? It's like ridiculous. Everything in this world costs money. Name something that doesn't cost money. So I'm trying to make sense of this. I am trying because again, 
It's not fair that a family, a family is struggling, is struggling to put food on the table, to take care of their kids, to give them a better quality of life. And at the same time, someone is sick. So now I can't go to the hospital or go to the doctor because they expect me to pay when I don't even have that type of money. Now you tell me what is wrong with that picture? Not everybody is quote rich and even if you were rich oh you have your own private doctor that you go to and and whatever else private facility well not everybody can achieve that i'm sorry to say it and people like us who are humble who want to give back and help others see again the amount of time and love and energy i give to people comes from my heart and i don't take anything for granted and i stand up for people who have nothing why because i came from a background that was poor again father worked two jobs two not one two because he wanted to give us a better life than what he had growing up as a little boy and he did both him and my mother did not have happy childhoods they lived in in, in a world where they had to be grown-ups right away and they didn't even have an education at all they didn't go to school so think of it in those terms if you think you can go back into that time period and do what they did it would be a struggle and if you see how families are struggling now, that's why I say you have to be, even though you're going through struggles, even though you're going through obstacles, you have to stay positive in a negative world. You have to do that. Why? Well, let's put it this way. There is a lot of negativity. There is a lot of stereotyping. Now, think about everything that's going on around you. Like me, right now I'm trying to find a job and I've gotten rejection after rejection after rejection, but I'm still gonna forge ahead until I find something. Now, part of me wants to do something completely out of the norm. Can I do it? Will I do it? I hope I can, but it's just a matter of, will I be able to pull it off? Because sometimes there's certain criteria that you have to have and if you don't have it, can you get away with not telling them? But I think that if you told a little white lie, it wouldn't hurt, right? Now, what am I talking about? Well, I actually looked at a, a, a some ad that was on Instagram for, do you want to be on television? Do you want to audition? Do you want to do this? Do you want to make this amount of money? And they give you like these projects. So you have to basically do headshots of yourself. And then you have to, um, if, you, if you're interested in one of these projects, you just go for it. And they make some good money. Some make 2000 some make 3000 depending on what it is that you want to do. You could be in a commercial or, or maybe do like a bit part and not have a, have a part. Although now they say you have to go to acting school. Well, by the time I go to acting school, then I'll just not be interested in doing this. I have raw natural talent. I mean, look at me. I went out on LinkedIn Live and told the world my story of how I survived cancer, spoke out for other people too about the signs and the symptoms, and show them my battle score. Now, if you tell me that that's being shy, I did it. I did it because I wanted to prove a point, and I would do it again on a physical platform in front of people. Yes. Why? Because there, that's a wake-up call right there. You're saving someone's life. You're saving someone's life because you think to yourself, I can do this. If I can save a group of people, I can save practically the whole area because everybody's battling an illness at some point. When I think of Chadwick, and this is why I go back to him, I'm still haunted by his death. Even he's been, he's been gone for a year and it seemed like yesterday. When he was battling colon cancer, I can imagine what that must have felt like. 
See, I sympathize with people who, you know, a lot of people say, you don't understand what it's like. Yes, I do understand. I do. But for the longest time, I covered my illness up. Maybe I was ashamed or maybe I just didn't want to think about it. I wanted to put it behind me. But then I think, but why? Maybe I can help people. You know, a lot of people think, oh, well, you don't know what it's like. I Believe me, I do know. I do know. It's a chapter of my life that I had closed off for a period of time. But now I'm able to talk about it and show the world, hey, if you don't take that precaution, if you don't go right away to get yourself checked, do you want to end up like me? Because I know you don't. That maybe if I would have listened to that little voice in my head, I would have gone in sooner, would have gotten myself checked, and then this would not have happened. But unfortunately, it did. See, I let stubborn pride get in the way, and also my fear of doctors, because I'm not really crazy about going to a doctor. I'm sure a lot of people agree with me on that. You know, being in a hospital and seeing a doctor is not my idea of fun. And I had twice been put into the hospital because of the symptoms. Twice. Twice. Can you imagine that? Twice. I had a kidney attack, and then I had something else going on. And then I told you, I did a 180 degree after I got the illness and I recovered from it. My whole view of life and people changed dramatically. I started opening up to people. I started talking. Before that, no. Before that, I couldn't stick up for myself and I was shy. Now, thanks to the illness. Now, I don't want to say thank you to an illness, but it really made me open up my eyes. and made me see who was around me, what their intentions were, because again, there are a lot of bad people in this world. And that's why you always have to keep your guard up. Because you just don't know. You don't know who is good and who isn't. You really, you really don't know, you know. But with me, body language tells it all. Now I can really look across the room and look at a person and just study them to see how they react to certain things. Because that tells me. A lot of people don't have that skill. I do. You know, and I ask them questions. And if you can't even answer one question, then you're hiding something. Now, I've been honest with everybody when I went on LinkedIn Live. I told you my story, but I also survived life. When you go through what I went through at a young age, my losing your father, and then after that, everything's spiraling out of control. Because, again, when I lost my father to cancer, I denied his death. Why? Because I didn't believe it was him that died. And a lot of people thought, wow, she's crazy. No, I'm not crazy. I, I just looked at him, didn't see the, the father that I knew, the strong guy who survived heart attacks and other host of other ailments, but couldn't survive cancer. He became a shell of a man. Now, do I blame him? No, I don't. Because he couldn't take it. You know, the, the, can, the chemotherapy was too much for him. The cancer was overwhelming. I mean, it just went throughout his whole body. There was no second opinion. There was no other treatment that he could have. I don't think he would have wanted that. He wanted to die. He said, I can't take this pain. So that's why I denied his death. Because even after the funeral, I didn't see him as my father. I saw a stranger laying there. That's not my dad, no. When we get back home, he'll be here. It's as if nothing happened. I made myself believe that. And for the longest time, I tried to find him. I tried to find him. Do you know how silly that sounds? I tried to find him. What do you mean by that? I looked everywhere for my father. Even though I knew he was gone, but a part of me thought, well, maybe this is a bad dream and I'll wake up and whatever happened, didn't happen. But when you come home to an empty home and there's no father figure, now you know reality sets in, but it took me a long time. That's why I got myself into these situations. That's why I got myself with the wrong crowd and I got myself assaulted and I did all of that. But you know what? I survived it. 
I survived it. I got past it. And that's why you have to stay focused and, and positive in this world. Because, again, there's a lot of negativity going around. And not just here. All over the world there's negativity of some sort. There is negativity. And you think to yourself, how do I get past it? By staying positive. By being focused. Do you know how many people go through obstacles on a daily basis? Do you think everybody's happy in this world? Even the happiest of the happy people, the one that have everything, truly are not happy. Go on Instagram. Look at people's profiles. Look at all the posts and pictures they put up. Do you think one of them is happy? Even the wealthiest people, the wealthiest people, yeah, I have all this wealth. I have all this money. I'm famous. But you know, deep down inside, they're struggling with problems like me and you. So they're no different. And they're hiding it very well by, by hiding behind material things. That's why I say, when I look at people with stuff, does that really make you happy? Be honest here. Come out and admit to me, I am not happy. Because if you're telling me you're happy, that, oh, the only thing I need in this world is all this wealth and material stuff, then you know what? You're fooling yourself and you're fooling everybody. And let's be honest here. Material things are material things. They don't have feelings. They don't have emotions. What are they going to say? Oh, uh, I love you and, and, and please keep me and all this other crap. Come on, be honest here. Growing up, I went into people's homes. I saw all the stuff that people accumulated. I said, does this make you happy? You know what makes me happy? The love of someone. Being around people. People. Helping others through their obstacles and struggles. You know, teaching somebody something. You know, that gives me joy and pleasure. Not, oh, well, you know, let me acquire all this stuff because it's the only thing I need to make me happy. No. No. Far from it. No. I'm sorry to say it. Because when you go on social media, you see people touting all the stuff that they have. Look at me, I have the two cars and the, and the or whatever, this many luxury vehicles, all these furs and jewelry, all these electronic equipment, big mansion, and I do all of it. And it's like, yes, yeah, so what's your point? Are you happy? Now they could put faked happiness, a forced smile on there, and you think, yeah, they're truly, truly happy. But are you happy? You know, the amount of happiness that people have in this lifetime varies. Well, think about this. Let's go through life. Let's go through life thinking about this very carefully. If you had to choose, if you had to choose between being rich or being humble, which would you pick? I'm not going to say I'm not going to say poor because that kind of is a harsh word. So I'm going to say if you had wealth and riches versus just being comfortable, what would you choose? Now, 95% of the people say, yeah, I want to be rich. But let's be honest here. I've come across people that I went to school with who were rich that were very unhappy. And I said, why? Because you would think that if you were born into this wealth and you have everything given to you, they couldn't lead a normal life. Their parents had to live in this high society where they had all these parties and this and that, and they had to dress a certain way. And they just couldn't be normal. I said, now I understand where you're coming from. When you're living the, quote, rich life, you have to put on airs. You have to be like what your parents want me to be, prim and proper and stuck up and snobbish. Guess what? I don't like any of that. To be honest with you, I'd rather be how I am, comfortable. Comfortable. You know, you could have money and not show that you're rich. 
You know, there are a lot of people that do have money and don't look like they're rich. You would never think they were because in their eyes, they're saying, yes, I have a decent amount of money, but I'm not showing it off and I'm not splurging and I'm not buying things that I don't need. In all honesty, society is wasteful of that. In today's world, people are wasteful of all the things that they have. They have things that, seriously, do you need all of that? Because honestly, I don't. I couldn't care less about the stuff that I have. Again, my wardrobe is very, very limited at this point. And when you say, what do you mean? Well, I have stuff that goes from the 90s and 2000s. I don't, I haven't changed my wardrobe. I don't like shopping. Because when I shop, I can't find anything that I like. Or they're just, the styles themselves are just not my thing. Now, am I, quote, a fashion person? Not really. I have stuff that just, like right now, what I have on makes me comfortable. If I were to walk into, say, a boutique, if it was between me and a person who has wealth, who would get the special treatment? The person with the money, right? But what, what makes you think that I don't have money? Just because I'm dressed this way doesn't mean I, I don't have any money on me. I'm just comfortable. I'm not showing off a Rolex watch. I'm not showing, I'm wearing a Fitbit, okay? That, to me, is rich enough. Yeah, I have watches. I don't even wear them. Why? Well, because at the time when I was younger, I, I did. I collected watches. And I got watches from different people. And some of them I got myself. I can name all the watches I have. And you'd be like, oh my God, I had those. Let me name them for you. I have Pulsar, Armatron, Fossil, um, Bulova, which actually I kept. It was a Bulova Caraval that my mom got. Citizen. Um... Uh, the Michelle watch, which I also kept that one too. Timex, Seiko, uh, you name it. Every brand manufacturer of watch I have. Now, I never had, quote, a Movado. I never had a, a, um, a Rolex. Didn't really find any interest in that. Because again, they're just names, luxury names. But people have to have that because, oh my God, I have to. I was like, but why though? Does it make you happy? It's just a watch for crying out loud. Oh no, it's it's a designer watch. It's a luxurious watch. Yeah, so what? What's your point? I would not spend a certain amount of money to get a Rolex. I'm sorry. Now, unless, of course, you're rolling in the dough, I still wouldn't. I'm happy with my Fitbit, okay? This is more of a wealthy watch to me. This is a fitness watch, which is better than a regular watch. Now, if you had to go out somewhere to like a fancy dinner or you want to be seen on, I'm like, yeah, you, I'd probably put one of my watches but it's very thin it's like a thin band watch i'm not one for jewelry though the jewelry i have is what i have on me i have these coil bracelets that again i want to promote for people with cancer i have this other bracelet that has my initial a i have a cocktail ring because i'm waiting for my quote engagement ring from my husband i know he's gonna get it when when you know i know he has it and he's gonna bring it here because we're gonna get married but for now i'm wearing a cocktail ring with my birthstone Okay, and then as far as necklaces, I wear them, I don't wear them. I sometimes like to show my neck bare, but that's just me, okay? Um, earrings, I can't wear earrings because my ears closed up, so I don't really want to get them re-pierced again if I don't have to. I'm just comfortable with my own skin. I am able to say that, but a lot of people are not. A lot of people hide behind everything that's rich. You're not showing your true self. You're creating a, a, another identity of yourself. In other words, you're creating a fake persona. 
you're not showing who you really are. Be comfortable in your own skin. When you hide under furs and all these, all this jewelry and, and women with the tons of makeup and the men with, you know, whatever it is that they do, you're hiding your true self and why would you do that? Are you ashamed? If you think about, again, when you look at entertainers, if you look, if you go to, to read their autobiographies of how they started before they became famous in television, they went through personal struggles too. And they had ordinary jobs when they were in their teens. But nowadays you think, well, now I made it, but how did you make it? Well, some of them did struggle and some of them, well, I don't know. Some of them didn't, but whoever, the ones that did struggle are the ones that really made a difference. I can talk about it freely. So when you have an interview with someone, you say, well, so how did you get started? Let me know. Give me your childhood, your background. Uh, where did you come from? How were you brought up? Your ideals, your views. I want to know all of this stuff. I think it's very, very important. It's very important. Because in this day and age, again, people take pot shots at each other on Instagram and, well, Facebook. I try to stay away from their phony baloney on there. Twitter, don't even want to get involved with Twitter. I go to LinkedIn, Instagram, and you, well, YouTube, I do want to make a YouTube video, and I'm trying to figure out how to do that. At some point, I will do that. I'm just trying to figure it out, uh, because I'm doing the podcast, but again, nobody's listening to them, and I would like to think that there's somebody out there who would help me out with it, somebody who knows what they're talking about doing. See, if I could do a physical, you know, where you set up a studio to make it like a live podcast and you bring in people and you talk about this and you put it up there, I think that would be great, but I don't even know how to do that either. I don't have the proper equipment. That's that's called time and money. And right now, I'm, be- I'm below my means with that. But I'm comfortable, you know. I don't want to complain anymore. The only thing I'm complaining is the job front. Now I'm trying to see, maybe I should just go into a different field altogether. Because getting a normal job is impossible. And to be honest with you, uh, I really don't think that, even when I went in this interview yesterday, I want to think positive, but I have a feeling that because of those gaps, I may not get it. And that's understandable. Again, employers shouldn't look at the gaps. That's beside the point. You know, people go through crises, you know, struggles, obstacles. They have personal things that they're dealing with. You can't fault them for that because everybody goes through that. You know, if you were to do that all the time, it would be terrible. And then you would take somebody that you thought you can use in your organization that could have had potential and overlooked it for someone who has been in the working field. Well, you know what? It is hard right now to make ends meet. So again, I'm living comfortably, but I'm living well below my means, but it doesn't mean that I can't help people and I do intend to help others. That's my mission in life. Whether or not it gets completed, Remains to be seen. I'm hoping I can do all of this by sometime next year. I just don't know when. And I can't be sure when that will happen. But I'm saying next year. Who knows? Maybe a streak of good luck will come my way between now and then. I'm hoping. Keeping my fingers crossed. And praying to God. Because when you say your prayers, it actually helps. And when God's listening to you, he will hear you. He will hear you and he will help you out. And it will be great. Um, so for now... With the cancer, again, Chadwick really uh, haunted me. And I still have dreams about that. I have about dreams about him, which is weird because I never knew him. But when I sometimes watch his movies or I just see him, like, doing a speech, it haunts me. To this very day, it haunts me, and I don't know why. And I like to think that, you know, 
when you think of people who have passed from cancer, you sometimes feel guilty. I feel guilty for even surviving. You know, and then my, my, my LinkedIn contact had said, look, think of it this way. So both of you had cancer. You had it at 35. You had breast cancer. You survived. He had colon cancer, passed away at the age of 43. Now, if, if, and I know from reading his autobiography, it seemed like, yes, he was going through the chemo and this and that, but the cancer was already spreading. So no amount of chemo and surgery would have made a difference. He was gone. That's why the PSA for colon cancer got switched around in terms of the ages, but I think it should make it a lot younger because, again, anybody at any age could get cancer. You're, you can't just relegate it to this age group. Everybody gets cancer, okay? Now, this month is October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I also touched on the fact yesterday that men can get, a small percentage of men can get breast cancer. It's not just, it's not just, quote, for women. Again, you don't have to have boobs to get breast cancer, okay? Men can get it in their nipples. Now, are men to shame? No, and they shouldn't be. Why? Because it's, you know, what's there to be ashamed about? When, because you think of breast cancer, you think automatically females. Well, males can get it. When I went in, there was a male that actually had breast cancer. He had it in his, one of his nipples. I didn't see anything wrong with that. I said, okay, yeah, so we're all in here for the same reason, to fight cancer, kick it to the curb, and survive. So again, in the chemotherapy room, if you're lucky enough to get in there, or not even lucky enough, if, if you're in there, you're not alone. You're not battling your illness alone. Everybody's doing, dealing with some form of cancer. Some form of cancer whether it's breast, colon, prostate, lung, liver, whatever it is that you're dealing with. Because again, you're all in there for one reason, to fight cancer and be the warriors and the winners that you are. Because again, don't feel like you're alone. I thought I was alone. I was like looking around the room and I saw everybody battling their own form of cancer. We were all going through the same thing. We're going through the chemo and the radiation, all that, but everybody does it and reacts to it differently. As for me with the side effects, I wouldn't want to go through that again. I wouldn't want to wish that upon my worst enemy because those side effects are draining to the body. But you get through it because you have that support system. See, I had my family. I had my mother. My mother and God. Not the rest of the family, but my mother and God. My mother was there. She took care of me. She made sure I was comfortable. She uh, massaged me when I was feeling pain in my joints because at some point I felt, seriously, 35-year-old woman, I felt like I was 90 years old and I had arthritic, arthritis. That's very painful in and of itself. But um, it's temporary. The drugs themselves, all the side effects were temporary. You're going to get back to having a normal life. But it took a long time because, again, I don't remember the ages 35 and 36. And if I can get back those ages, I'd be happy. But unfortunately, you can't turn back time. If you could, we would all want to be at a certain age in our lives and never be like Peter Pan, never grow up. <laughs> it's like, oh, what age would you want to be? 35. Why 30? Because that's 35 and 36 because I don't remember those ages. What I remember is just going through an illness and almost dying. That's what I remember. Not physically being normal. Having my quality of life change like that dramatically just makes you rethink life and situation and people. But, but you rethink it in a positive way. So again, remember this mantra, remember it, because that's kind of like my theme. Be positive in a negative world. In other words, it, you can't go, you can't do it opposite. You can't be negative in a positive world because that wouldn't work. 
Be positive in a negative world. In other words, you can overcome anything that's going through your life. But don't be so down on yourself that you can't get through life's struggles and obstacles. Because again, you are not the only one. You think, oh, everybody that's on social media is so happy-go-lucky. But think again. Look really into that. There are people that are struggling. Yeah, they may be, quote, famous or, or they may have some measure of notoriety. They may be in the spotlight. But let's be honest here. Are you really think that they're happy? No. They're just hiding behind a false facade. So I'm going to let you guys go. Again, stay strong. Be positive in a negative world. You will get through all these obstacles and struggles in your lifetime. The power of prayer. Pray to God because God is always on your side. And again, we're all God's children. So we matter in this world. But if we didn't matter, he wouldn't care. Because every time you pray to him or ask him for something, it's like he would just look away. And you know he wouldn't do that. He's on your side. So I'm going to say God bless all of you. Stay strong. Stay safe. Take care.